0: This is episode twenty-eight of the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're standing by for Washington, our next departure will be at two o'clock, and it should be the seats. You are listening to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast: conversations with women who have found creative ways to travel more. With your host, travel hacker and online course creator, Jet Set Lizette.
1: It is always my hope that through travel and through encouraging other people to travel, that hopefully they can do what is one of my slogans on my podcast, which is travel more and hate less.
0: Welcome to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. It's the podcast dedicated to inspiring you to travel more. I'm your host, Jet Set Lizette a travel coach and travel hacker who's been able to save over $100,000 in travel costs by racking up airline miles and hotel points. I believe that if you want to get to your bucket list destination, then you need to start taking concrete steps, no matter how small. Hearing how others have successfully made travel a priority is a great way to get ideas and get motivated. This podcast is going to help you become the globetrotter you've always wanted to be, by bringing you valuable tips, resources, and insights from seasoned travelers. So today I have the real pleasure of interviewing one of my favorite people. She's my podcast BFF. That's what we always say. She's another podcaster who I met at the Women in Travel Summit a year ago, and her name is Raina Walters-Morgan. She is the creator of the Travel Quips podcast We had a really good time recording this episode in the back of a car, actually, and it was during the weekend that we were at the Women in Travel Summit this year, and we actually went on a little bit of a harebrained adventure to another state while we were um, at this summit in Maine. Um, so yeah, you'll hear more about that during the episode, but it's really fun because we get to just talk about travel and all the things we love. And we have kind of this fun relationship. Also my voice, probably you guys won't be able to tell, but my voice was shot from all the speaking and a chest cold I had and all of this. So anyway, it's a little bit of a unique episode. So what Raina's going to be talking about, she'll share about how she got the travel bug and the amazing transformative event that propelled her love of travel forward and pretty much changed her life, her dream of helping to eliminate barriers to travel for other people through her podcast and also some other pretty amazing great ideas, and how she's navigated her own travel barriers, including her fear of flying. And we're going to talk about much, much more. So before we get into the interview, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about something amazing that happened at the Women in Travel Summit, where I just was um, in Portland, Maine. I actually won an award. It was an award that went to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast, this podcast. It won the Wonderful Award at the 2019 Bessie Awards for Women in Travel. And the award is given to a brand that has gone above and beyond to support, empower, and represent women in the past year. And, you know, this was really kind of unexpected for me. I knew I was nominated, which already blew my mind. I was very honored to have been nominated for the award. But I didn't think I would win because of just the caliber of the the women that, you know, were also nominated and what they were doing, creating, like, amazing magazines and all this stuff. So I was really surprised. Very, very grateful, very honored. I'm still kind of stunned, and it's been over a week Um, But I just wanted to mention that and say thank you to wonderful they've really become this important community for me I love what they're doing creating this incredible event every year where I know I've met a lot of great people a lot of people that have been on my on my podcast Um, But I've also really felt like, you know part of this bigger movement of women in the travel space and it's just meant so much to connect with so many amazing women and see what they're doing. It's so inspiring. So I'm just grateful to Wonderful. I'm grateful to the community that nominated me and and then ultimately uh, voted for me. I'm also really grateful to my listeners. So thank you so much for listening in and being there and being so supportive. I feel like, you know, this show has really blossomed and developed because people are giving me great feedback and are out there spreading the word about it. So I really appreciate you know, the feedback, the support, the comments, the reviews, it's all really been meaningful for me. So thank you. Wanted to mention that I had the award and uh, yeah, it's been quite an amazing journey. All right. So that's enough about that. Uh, Let's just do this thing. Let's get into the interview. Well, here we are, Globetrotter Lounge on the road. I am in a car driving from Rhode Island to Portland, Maine, and I'm with Raina. But you're not driving, thank goodness. No, I'm not driving. Safety first. (laughs) Safety first. (laughs) Raina's husband's driving. If you want to get a visual, we're in the back seat. We are going back to Maine, yes, where we just were for the Women in Travel Summit. We were presenting today. We were presenting today about podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I think it went really well. I've gotten
1: really good feedback on it.
0: Yeah. So. Especially,
1: like, on social media and the comments and
0: people coming up afterwards. I'm really excited. Yes. Yay. It's really great. I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited about it. So, so Raina and I have known each other for over a year. A year. We met oh, at, actually, after that's right. WITS last year. A year. Yeah. And she attended last year. I attended last year. We did not meet at the conference. Nope. But I think it was you, Raina, who had figured out that I was podcasting and you were also podcasting.
1: You posted a message in the Facebook group for the people who attended the conference last year, and something in your post said that you had a podcast, and I was like, I wanted to meet other podcasters, but I did not meet anyone else at the conference, so let me reach out to her. So I think I messaged you after the conference,
0: hey, I have a podcast, you have a podcast, we should be podcast friends. <laughs> yes, and that was an excellent idea, because we definitely hit it off, became really good friends, talked on the phone. Yes. You convinced me I should go to the podcast movement conference, mm-hmm. and I did that. We had a great time we had a great time. got caught in the rain together. <laughs> lots of things happened, danced the night away. Yes. so we also have been just really supportive of each other's efforts. I know you know texting you late at night like, "Ah, this editing, you know, <laughs> and I know that I've loved listening to your podcast yes. travel quips. thank you. And um, so it's just great to see you again in person. Yes. And my podcast
1: BFF. Yes.
0: (laughs) My travel podcast BFF. That's right. That's right. And we, because of Raina today, decided that, you know, like good (laughs) travelers, we couldn't be in Maine without, you know, at least trying to get to another state since there's so many states nearby. Very close. Within like three hours. Right. So we drove to Rhode Island. To have dinner at the (laughs) oldest tavern and restaurant in the United States. Yes. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I personally did not
1: think I would get to Rhode Island again anytime soon. (laughs) So I was really on a personal mission to get down here, even though it was three hours away. That's right.
0: And so I went along for the ride, literally. (laughs) And uh, now we are contemplating stopping in New Hampshire on the way back. (laughs) Because why not? Because why not? So this is a little bit different, uh, you know, episode for me doing it this way, but I'm finding it very fun already <laughs> I'm to be <laughs> in a car with a fellow podcaster. <laughs> and uh so so let's do this though. Let's get to the let's get to the format. Okay. The usual format, because I love having you as a guest on the show, finally. Yay. And uh yeah, so why don't you tell me a little bit about your uh travel bug where did that come from what's got you started traveling and if you want to talk about your childhood please do okay so
1: i as a bit of background i was born in brooklyn new york i was raised in greensboro north carolina i went to school kindergarten through college in north carolina but my parents were both raised in new york my mother was born in belize but she moved to New York when she was about nine years old. And because I grew up so far away, every time we wanted to see family, we had to travel to get there. One of my earliest memories was being about four years old, almost soon after we moved to North Carolina, missing my grandmother and just crying because I wanted to go see her. And I had my first plane ride by myself at about four years old to see my grandmother. And this was back in the day when... Your parents could drop you off at the gate, and my grandmother was there to pick me up at the gate, so there wasn't any weird wandering around the airport by myself. So I really think that that sort of started it. I never grew up scared to travel, and I would spend every summer with my grandparents, and my grandfather loved to take us on trips, so we would do these epic road trips from New York City to uh, Dutch country in Pennsylvania to amusement parks. Uh, We went to California one year where several of his family lived. So I just grew up traveling. And as I got older, as bougie as this is going to sound, I got tired of just going to New York and visiting my family (laughs) or going to Jamaica. Because if my grandparents went to Jamaica for the summer, I was going to Jamaica for the summer. Uh, my, My father's mother is Jamaican. And so I wanted a different experience. And I started to seek those things out because New York and Jamaica were just not enough for me anymore. (laughs) As ridiculous as that sounds.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally get that. Okay. So you were, you were ready to do more. Yes. And what, what came next? When, when did you start doing more travel, maybe on your own or, you know, tell me about that.
1: I had two very significant experiences. The first, when I graduated from high school, I was going to work at a summer camp and I literally picked a book, I kind of closed my eyes, flipped through the pages, and picked a place to go. And that was outside of Cleveland, Ohio, in Chagrin Falls, spent my summer there. I had never been been to Ohio before, and it was a great experience. So that was one of the first times that I traveled and really felt independent and like, I can do this. I can be out here basically on my own and survive. And the second experience was a really transformative experience. When I was graduating from college, I received a gift. And the gift was for $10,000, no strings attached, to travel. Wow. Yes. (laughs) It really changed my life because I thought I was a pretty well-traveled person. And when you travel to Europe pretty much on your own, I started with a friend and we separated after about two weeks We didn't fall out, but we just had different travel schedules and itineraries. I was staying much longer than she was. I was there for nine weeks. I ate and drank my way through Europe. I had a fantastic time. I did the whole year rail pass. That experience really changed my life because for the first time, I realized that even though things seem so simple, things can be done differently. And my example that I give of this I have a weird fascination with bathrooms. And I remember I was in Verona, Italy, and I was in a bar, and I had to go to the restroom. I excused myself, I went to the bathroom. And the bathroom, the women's bathroom, was a porcelain-covered hole in the floor. And my 22-year-old mind could not comprehend that a bathroom could be done differently. (laughs) (laughs) I literally just stared at the bathroom floor for about 10 minutes, and I started laughing, and then I tried to figure out how I was going to use the bathroom. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so something simple as that, it just, it really expanded my mind, it really made me realize that things can be done differently, and that my narrow worldview was very much that, just a narrow worldview, and I wanted to do as much as I could to expand it.
0: Wow. I love that you got that gift. It, that it is was special. Amazing.
1: So, and the funny thing is, so I get this gift and I tell my stepmom about it and she's so excited. Oh, hey, honey. Like, this is so amazing. I'm so happy for you. And then she stops and she looks at me. And she's like, he doesn't want any, uh, does he?" I'm not going to curse. <laughs> but I was like, no, 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 it's not like that.
0: <laughs> there is no not exchange that for this. kind of gift.
1: <laughs> not this kind of gift. Wow. But no, it really did change my life. It, it, and actually, someone had written about it. Uh, the person who gave this amazing gift to me, his name was Walter Davis, benefactor of the university I went to, UNC Chapel Hill. He had been known to give gifts like that to people. There was a story about him going to a restaurant and talking to the waitress there. Her teeth were not in her mouth that day, and he asked her, what happened to your teeth? And she had some dramatic story, like they broke. She didn't have the money to get a new set of teeth. And so after they ate their food, he left her a tip, and allegedly the amount of money that he left her was enough for her to buy a new set of teeth and, you know, pay her bills for a few months.
0: And you ended up getting this gift from this person. I just, it's, it's an amazing story. It,
1: and, and he, again, he was known to do this for people like the woman with the teeth and, uh, several people that I knew from Chapel Hill who'd interacted with him. He'd given someone $10,000 to start a business when they graduated. He gave someone else funds to start, you know, another venture. So I was, I was just the, uh, in, in a great place at a great time to be able to, Receive something that my family would not have been able to do for me.
0: And he knew that you wanted to travel. Yes, he did. So it's funny.
1: I, I was about to graduate and he asked me, you know, what are you going to do when you graduate? I had no idea. So my plan was my 22 year old plan. <laughs> it's like, so when I graduate, I'm going to go back to Greensboro. I'm going to work at the mall for several months. I'm going to save some money. They had this program called UNAC. And it was a program that would pay for your visas so that you could work abroad. So the requirements of the program were you had to have enough money saved to be able to live until they could complete your paperwork and you could find a job in the country. I think it was England. So that was my plan. I was going to go home, work at the mall, try and save some money to travel. And so just a very innocent conversation and he, he's, he's listening and he's think, saying, you know, travel is so important and I believe in travel and I had some great travel experiences. That's a really great story. I'm going to find a way to make it happen. And it didn't even register at the time until he announced to other people, hey, I'm going to give her the opportunity to travel because that's what she wants to do and I believe in, in traveling.
0: That's really phenomenal. <laughs> I'm like, we could just stop the story there. <laughs> no, we won't. Um, Okay, so you had this amazing gift happen, you went traveling, it changed your life, Mm -hmm. and now uh, tell us what happened next. I mean, you were in school, I know you went on to do some pretty big things. Yes, I went to law school,
1: and after law school, I went to work at a big law firm for a while, the, the thing that I realized, though, was that as an adult, <laughs> you don't really have those $10,000 checks pouring in. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> and then you also have to balance the cost of travel with vacation time. When am I going to find time to travel? So I really made it a priority. And any opportunity that I had, whenever I would get, you know, a tax refund, I would put some of it away to travel. I would look for travel deals. I always looked to see where the dollar was strong, and I would go places where I would get the most bang for my buck. When I was graduating from law school, my law school gift to myself was a trip, and I ended up going to China. And I used one of my summer stipend checks because, you know, at least the way they used to do it when you were going to work at a law firm, the summer before they gave you a stipend to help you pay for your expenses, pay for the bar exam. So most of my expenses had been covered, so I had this extra, you know, three thousand dollars. Like, that's enough to get across the world.
0: (laughs) Of course. And this is how we think. (laughs) This is how we think, you
1: know? And and honestly, like the plane ticket was about half of the check. And it was so expensive once inexpensive while I was in China, I could literally live like a queen for three weeks on like twelve hundred dollars.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: So I just I continued to find ways to travel and one of the things that I realized at least for me was that I really wanted to pay it forward. My goal in life became to try and create the type of experience that Mr. Davis gave to me. And how could I do that and what were the ways that I could find to do that? And so one, you know, I love to travel, so of course giving myself that broader world view, but my goal has always been how can I get to the next level? And so that's part of the reason why I started my podcast, Travel Quips, and the goal for me in, in doing that was to help eliminate barriers to travel, because many people do have barriers. It might be a financial barrier. It might be a vacation time barrier. It might be family barriers. It may be fear. And so the podcast is really just sort of my first step in trying to eliminate those barriers, and my overall goal Part of the reason why I started the podcast was because eventually I do want to start a nonprofit to provide travel opportunities to underprivileged kids. So that is my end goal, and the podcast is really just the the beginning of of the way to do
0: that. I love everything about this. Mm-hmm. I love your end goal, especially of um, helping other, you know, young people travel, mm-hmm. like you had the chance to do. Um, so tell me, well, let's talk first about your podcast for a minute because. I do love how you focus on, well, why don't you talk about what your, what your podcast is about and what it focuses on? I'll let you do that. So Travel Quips is the
1: podcast for travel trends, opinions, etiquette, and advice. It's really interesting because when I was trying to determine what I wanted to talk about in travel, there are so many different things for people who have blogs, for people who you know, are on Instagram, like there are different lanes that you could be in in the travel space. And for a long time, I really struggled to find out what my lane was. I knew that I had things to say, knew I had opinions, but I didn't quite know how to make that the most efficient and effective. And so I really wanted to start a podcast to have those conversations. So when someone sees something in the news, something as horrific as the plane crashes that resulted from the... Boeing 737 MAX 8 airplanes. When someone sees that, if they have fear about traveling anyway, then something like that may discourage them from traveling. And I saw, you know, many Facebook posts with that and the previous Southwest plane crash where the woman was sucked out of the window. I saw Facebook posts of people saying, I don't want to travel anymore. I'm never going to sit near a window again. And really... Air travel is safe for the most part. And when I see stories like that, I think, what might this do and how might this discourage someone? And how can a conversation that I have maybe change that? And, and so that's the angle that I take with the podcast, really focusing on travel news, what's happening, travel trends. If you're a person who travels a lot already, what are some of the things that you may need to know that may impact your ability to travel So, you know, TSA changes, those are a big one. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Different
1: requirements. And so anything that's really sort of in the news is, is what I try to talk about. I also talk about travel gadgets and travel technology because as we are moving forward in this world, that is another place where people may need to know there are things out there to make your travel life easier. I remember when I first started traveling... I was not wanting to take a cell phone with me because cell phones were so new and so expensive and it was such a thing. And now I can't imagine traveling without one. So, you know, for me, that's been a personal journey in in terms of embracing the technology while you're traveling and disconnecting enough to enjoy your vacation, but not disconnecting so that you're not safe.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I know. I've listened to so many of your episodes and I love all the different um, things that you cover and, and, you know, amazing stories. You do also do some interviews sometimes with mm-hmm. people, not as much as, you know, that's not your main format, but, but, um, when you do do those, it's always really interesting and helpful too. For example, the guy whose life was almost lost in the earthquake in Bali mm-hmm. and his ability to post to Facebook literally saved him and the person he was with, um, put it out in SOS cause he wasn't exactly sure where he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, his friends were able to spring into action and locate him and save him.
1: That was one of the most amazing stories I'd seen and really made me reevaluate the relationship between travel and social media. I met Mikey, the person that I interviewed for that. I met Mikey at a wedding in 2012. We have actually several mutual friends. Great guy. And he travels all the time. He is He's got friends all over the world. He actually is a nomad. He lives in Lisbon half the year. And he lives in, you know, the United States a few months. He, he, he lives all over. And hearing him tell that story, it was featured on CNN. It was featured on many news outlets. But there were not many places where he was telling the story in his own voice. And I thought that was important. Because it's one thing for me to tell you this happened to someone it's a very different thing to hear someone in their own words say i thought i was going to die i didn't know how i was going to get out of the situation i was with someone else they were scared and i realized i had to be strong to get us back to safety and and so you know once he, he had several injuries the doctors were not sure he was going to survive and it was because of his friends, his worldwide network of friends. He put up this message on Facebook, and to read the comments because I I saw the the message on Facebook. I didn't see it immediately when it happened because you know Bali is several hours ahead. I didn't see it immediately when it happened, but I woke up in the morning and I saw. Mikey had this Facebook post and there were 500 comments on it. Wow! What in the world could they be talking about where there are 500 comments? So I start scrolling through and at first I thought it was a hoax. And then I realized, no, he is literally going through a situation and his friends are, I know someone at the embassy here. I know someone who speaks the language. Let me call this person. It was amazing to see how good people can be because you see so much bad news in the world and you hear of so many terrible things. And it really sort of, and actually he said this, but I felt the same way too. It really sort of restored your hope in humanity and in people.
0: Yeah. I love that. The story was amazing. And I really recommend people going and listening to that episode and other episodes that you have as well. But, you know, speaking of, Um, barriers. You were talking about that, right? That this Mm -hmm. is really what you're about. You're really wanting to help people remove barriers for travel, Mm -hmm. to travel. And what about you in your life? So you've come to this point. I mean, you definitely had that amazing gift. You started traveling when you could. You were able to go to China. But what are some of the barriers for you even now? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming there are barriers, right? And I know you talk a lot about the fears, too. So I'm going to be curious about if Mm -hmm. fear is one of them. But but what have been some of the barriers for you and how have you begun to um, meet those or address those? So, in my, in my other life, outside of podcasting and
1: travel, I'm a lawyer. And so, for me, the work-life balance has always been very difficult. I have mostly had jobs that are not traditional nine-to-five jobs. And so, trying to find the time to get away is often a barrier, even you know, I, I found in my life, I've, I've had se- several scenarios, either I have the money and not the time or the time and not the money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so for me, the barriers have always been, okay, what is my job situation? Am I going to be able to take time off? And I feel like it's a barrier, but I try to work through those. And the, the way that I try to work through it first is through planning. Whenever I'm in a job situation, I try to get a good sense of what my time off may be and if there are ways that I can hustle to get additional days off. So, for example, when I worked for the government, they had a policy where if you worked any amount over 40 hours a week, you could basically bank that time. And so I could bank up to 24 hours in a pay period. And so I would do that on a very regular basis. I wouldn't use my personal vacation time because I was banking the time. And if I needed to take time off, I would use that. But I'd also use it to help me travel as well. And so one, I think a lot of professionals deal with this is how do you travel when you have a full-time job and a whole life? Um, The second thing, you know, I got married a few years ago and before I got married my husband had never been internationally. Actually, I take that back. His first trip internationally was with me for a cousin's wedding. And so i ideally, you would want a partner who is willing to experience travel experiences with you. So that potential barrier, I think, got knocked down pretty quickly. Because once he started traveling, he got the bug just as much as I did. <laughs> Great. So I, I think that is... You have to be proactive. And for me, the planning is really key. I always tell people to plan your vacation. There's actually a thing called National Plan Your Vacation Day. Really? It's in January of every year. And the whole point of National Plan Your Vacation Day is to plan the time you're going to take off. There's a really crazy statistic. It's something along the lines of 62 million vacation days go unused every year. What? In the United States. Yes, it's insane. And so the whole plan is, if you sit down, if you think about it, if you map it out, then maybe you'll use those days.
0: Yeah. That is such a simple idea, but yet it's, it's huge, right? It's huge. It's just putting the intention down on paper. Because mm-hmm. we all say, like, oh, I want to go do this, or I want to go do that. But, yeah, it changes when you're like, this is when I'm going to do that. Exactly. Oh, I better start saving. Right, right. You know, or I better start booking a hotel. Exactly. Or booking my award travel, in my case. Getting your points together. That's
1: right. (laughs) And this is weird. This is the third thing I'll mention in terms of barriers. As much as I travel, I really don't like to fly. It actually makes me nervous. (laughs) And a lot of people are surprised to hear me say that because I do travel so much. So for me, how I eliminate that barrier, I try to anyway, is by having rituals. And I've I've read some other studies where they say that rituals sort of help, you know, sports teams when people are like, oh, my team didn't lose when I wore this shirt, so I'm going to wear it again. There is some sort of psychology behind that. And so I have rituals that I do when I'm getting on a plane and when I'm on a plane. And for me, I don't know if it really helps anything, but it makes me feel better. (laughs) Yep. And so, you know those are some of the things that I try to talk about and do in my podcast, because I feel like when people know and understand and try to fight against those barriers, then it'll make everyone's life easier.
0: You know, I appreciate you saying that because I do think also a lot of people feel like they can only really travel if they're like 100% comfortable with it. I mean, I don't know, maybe that, maybe I'm making that up, but I feel like A lot of being willing to travel and travel a lot and maybe do a solo trip or get on those planes, it's just like acknowledging, yeah, it's scary, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to do it as safely as I can, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it. And you you might be surprised or other people might be surprised to hear that I don't particularly like flying either. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, I'm way more comfortable now. I I think it is starting to get like normalized for me, but I don't like overnight flights. Oh, And I mean, I do them all the time, but like there's something in the dead of night when like the turbulence hits and Uh I can never sleep on planes very well. So, I mean, it's just, it's a weird space. I Uh feel like to be in the dark hurtling over earth (laughs) at whatever speed and this turbulence is going on and I'm trying not to think things like I'm going to fall out of the sky and die, you know, stuff like that. So, it's, you know, it's weird to be up in the middle of the night anyway, right. even on the ground, <laughs> alone with your thoughts. Nothing good happens in the middle Nothing of the night. Nothing <laughs> good happens in the middle of the night. And so, I've, you know, my thing is I definitely put on music mm-hmm. or podcasts. Or podcasts. Distraction. Mm-hmm. And it really does work. I or movies. Does. I mean, lots of people do that. But I think, you know, we don't talk about that sometimes. They're like, yeah, no, I mean, I fly a lot and I travel a lot and I don't always feel comfortable with every little moment of it at all. Most but of the time I don't. You just have to do it. I just do it anyway. You just have to do it. And, like, if we really want to talk about those kinds of things, I mean, a lot can happen on the ground, too. So, mm-hmm. but I just, why, I don't know, there's something that feels sometimes scary about the air, but I don't know. I also love it. At the same time, there's a part of me that's so excited. I'll be, that's what I also do is when I'm in the middle of the dark, scared. I'll think, <laughs> but I'm going to Buenos Aires. And I'm going to be there soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth just it. focus on the positive. That's right. So, okay. Um. Also, I didn't ask you, but how many countries have you been to, or are you keeping track? I am keeping track. I have been to
1: 34 countries. Wow. And I've been to about half of them as a solo female traveler. And honestly, once you get that bug, it's really hard to not want to keep going places. So one of my goals now is to hit 100 countries before I die. But the thing for me is that I'm a very particular traveler. I am generally not a person, today's trip to Rhode Island excluded. (laughs) I'm generally not a traveler who just likes to dip in and dip out. I like to spend time in a country. And so balancing my desire to get to 100 countries with the fact that I like to stay for two or three weeks at a time, trying to figure out how to balance that out, but... um, Yeah, I've been to 34 countries, and they've all been amazing for for very different reasons.
0: What has been maybe one or two of your favorite countries so far? I
1: loved Israel. When I was a young girl, I remember my grandmother went, my paternal grandmother, and she said to me that Israel was the best trip of her life, and that if I ever had the chance to go, that I should. And it always kind of stuck with me. And I was very fortunate to have a college friend who relocated to Israel. And so I went and I spent two weeks with her the first time. And it was amazing. The beaches are beautiful. The food is amazing. The history is overwhelming. (laughs) It's such a historical place. And if you are at all religious, it is... Really, one of the religious centers of the world, and so Israel was an amazing trip. I think that is probably hands down one of one of my favorite
0: places. Wow, sounds amazing! I haven't been there yet, so I would do like it. to go. I would like to go.
1: You should definitely do it, and it's it's a country that that's very manageable in two weeks. Okay, it's not huge, so you can get to a lot of the places that you want to get to in a couple of hours.
0: So I know that you have a. Um pretty big new job. I don't know if you want to mention what that is, but you just got an exciting new position. Yes, I
1: got a job as the Director of Civic Engagement and Voter Protection for the Democratic National Committee. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, it, it's really my my dream job. Not at all related to travel. Right. But <laughs> my dream job.
0: <laughs> yeah, amazing. I was so excited when I heard the news. So, you know, you're going to be really busy mm-hmm. during the campaign season. Yes. <laughs> to yes. say the least. And so you were planning ahead. And mm-hmm. you, I mean, I don't think you had the job maybe yet. I don't know. You can tell us. But but you went on a big trip. Mm-hmm. And you took how long for that trip? We were there almost a month. Wow. So. Almost a month. When you can go, you go. And oh, yes. And where did you go during that month? So we, as the backstory.
1: Both my husband and I do work in politics, and 2020 is going to be a very busy year. We were not sure how busy it was going to be or who we were going to be working with, but we just knew 2020 was going to be one of those years where we were really not going to be able to get out and do an extended vacation. So we did plan ahead, and we did an extended trip from December 26th to about... January 21st, 22nd. We went to Dubai for New Year's. My husband has friends from college who live there. We did New Zealand, Australia, and Fiji. Wow. It was amazing. And you know, sometimes you need those really long trips to appreciate the world because New Zealand is so far away and some people might think, oh my goodness, the flight is so long. The flight is very long. I'm not going to say it's not. (laughs) The flight is very long, but it was so beautiful. New Zealand is one of those places we spent a week there. We could have easily spent two more.
0: Yes. I was there for four days, so actually (laughs) a week sounds phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) That's a story for another time. Oh my goodness. But at any rate, yes, I love how you just went to so many great different Mm -hmm. places. Weren't afraid to fly, you know, pretty far to one, then go to the other, and then You know, I think you wrapped in a little trip at the end or somewhere (laughs) in there with other friends stuck in something else. We ended up stopping in
1: New Orleans on the way back. That's right. Because a friend of mine was having his 40th birthday celebration. My husband had not been to New Orleans before. It's one of my favorite cities in the U.S. And so we started talking. We're planning the trip. And I mentioned, hey, you know, my buddy's having this 40th birthday. It's going to be fun. If you've never been to New Orleans, this is the person you want to go with. And at first he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, we're going on this massive trip. You really want to go to New Orleans? And then we're like, well, why not? <laughs> why <laughs> yeah, not? I love it.
0: <laughs> what else
1: are we going to be able to do it? Let's make it happen. So we scheduled our trip to come back. So we stopped in New Orleans before we came home.
0: So I just think it's a great example again of like, yeah, you have this job that you're going to be really busy. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be traveling whenever Exactly. You know, during that time period, at all, like that's not that's just off the table. But you're still finding ways to travel mm-hmm. more. You just pack it together, just pack like it just together. do a bunch of trips at <laughs> once. You know, and mm-hmm. have a great time. Um, and I also learned over dinner that there was some use of some frequent flyer miles for this trip. Yes, yes, we were very fortunate um, that that you know
1: my husband had some miles available through work, and so it was it was a lifesaver to be able to get to do that type of trip. A lot of people don't do it because money is a barrier. That's right. right. Um, It's not not inexpensive to go to New Zealand and Australia and to Fiji. And actually, Fiji was not originally on our list. But we were talking to my mom, and my mom was like, why don't y'all just go to Fiji while you're there? (laughs) (laughs) And she was saying the cost of you to go back to Fiji would be way more expensive than just sucking it up Taking a few more days. (laughs) Right. And just going while you're over there. And it was a very true statement. So, um,
0: yeah. (laughs) Love it. Love it. So I just really want to say I've loved being able to have you on my podcast. I'm so glad that you asked me to be on. But I do want to ask you one last thing. Okay. Which is how do you feel travel has changed you internally or changed your world? But I really kind of mean from that, you know, changed your life, Mm -hmm. changed your perspective. I can
1: honestly say that once I received that gift from Mr. Davis, I really felt like travel was my purpose in life. I feel like I have many purposes. I do. And travel is one of them. And finding ways to help others travel is one of them. I remembered how just blessed I felt to have the opportunity And how amazing it was that sometimes I would be in a country just so sad that other people didn't have the same type of experience. And it's opened my eyes to a lot of things. Some of them great, some of them not so great. Poverty is something that I thought I understood until I visited some other countries. And when you see poverty in some other countries, you realize how good we have it here. Other things that have really impacted me in terms of of travel has been seeing different cultures and understanding that there are so many benefits to all of the different cultures in the world, and there are so many amazing cultures that if other people had the opportunity to see and experience, maybe they wouldn't be so close-minded. Maybe they wouldn't be so hateful. Maybe they wouldn't be so mean. And I think sometimes those attitudes come from just not experiencing anything other than what you're used to. And so I know that's a really long answer.
0: No, that's great. <laughs> but tra-
1: travel has changed my life. It is always my hope that through travel and through encouraging other people to travel that hopefully they can do what is one of my slogans on my podcast, which is travel more and hate less. The reason I say that on my podcast is because I really think that when you travel more, it's hard to hate things when you understand them a little bit better.
0: Perfect. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I love everything you just shared with me. And I'm going to have to buy one of your T-shirts <laughs> that says travel more, hate less. Because I absolutely love that. I think there's a Mark Twain quote about that, too, somewhere.
1: He does have a very similar quote to that. And and it's so true. Yep. that's so true.
0: Well, thanks for being my podcast BFF. Yeah. And for being on my show. And this has been amazing. It's been fun to talk to my friend. <laughs> In the car. In the car. On the way back to Maine. all right please one more time say where people can find you
1: yes so you can find me anywhere where podcasts are available my podcast is called travel quips q-u-i-p-s you can find me on instagram and twitter at travel quips and on facebook travel quips travel (laughs)
0: quips okay all right reyna thanks so much thank you so much had a great time Okay, that's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you want to um, check out the show notes where you can have links to where you can find Raina, go ahead and go to my website at jetsetlizette.com forward slash episode 28. That's jetsetlizette.com forward slash episode 28. And Lizette is spelled L-I-S-E-T-T-E. And in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to this episode. It really, really helps the show. Please tell your friends about the podcast. Have them tell their friends. I really appreciate you spreading the word. And thanks so much for tuning in and getting some travel inspiration. I'll be back in a couple weeks with more stories for you. Until then, remember, life is short, travel more.